Act Three of The Princess Zubaroff by Ronald Furbank. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One. Same scene. A few of the trees have shed their leaves. It is winter. Through the bare branches of the Judas tree, a cavalry is visible at the extremity of the garden. As the curtain rises, Nurse is seen strolling to and fro, exercising Baby in his pram. Angelo follows at her heels, singing strenuously to the guitar. Nurse and Infant, Angelo You young Italians are our passion. Not so loud, you'll wake the child. She takes from the pram a flask of lacrima Christi and drinks. Sapristi! Me favorite vintage, plenty of body. Acheroba! Yes, you Italians are dangerous fellows. You make me think of Dudley, Lord Belfort's underbutler, long ago. Drinks. Ah, I've been a buxom woman in my day, dear. A little bit of proper simpatico I was. And I'm good enough yet, honey. Some constitutions are just like this. Drinking. They improve with time. Falling into reflection. She was forty-nine years old when she had me, my dear mother. And then there were two after that. Angelo, shrugging. Que volete? Which is more than most of them could say, or do, your Tuscan signoras. I am not Tuscan myself at all. Strumming his guitar. My home is in the south. Ah, la bella taormina. Well, it's all south to me, dear. Angelo, shrugging. Perbacco. This is south, all right, for me. Returning flask to pram. Oh, dull is it? Addio. It's quiet enough, it's true. Now the mistress has gone. Povera. I like a place, I must say, where there's a bit of life. When I was with the honorary, Mrs. Cortez, there was company, if you like. Valets, chauffeurs, Parisian maids. Gracious powers, you could take your choice. It was in her establishment. I met my Albert. Albert? Mr. Mangrove, my sposo. She sighs several times, heavily. Angelo, with morbid interest. And was he tutto, tutto? Nurse, nodding. Tutto, tutto. That is to say, my dear, I never could bear him, but in the one capacity, for he never had any mind or any understanding. What was he? Snaps her fingers. But that. Ah. Nurse, archly winking. But in the one capacity, love, he was unexcelled. Baby begins to require attention. Enter Reggie from roadway. Scene two. Same. Reggie. Reggie, dapper, smiling. I blew in only to say good morning to little Charles. That's very kind of you, sir. Raising baby. 
sit up and say good morning to mr quintus he's a fine child nurse he's a little beauty sir as i'm his sainted nanny they won't have him inside a convent heaven protect us for fear he'd flurry the nuns will you kiss me charles kiss the gentleman that's right see how he's laughing the rogue i fear he's a rogue nurse he's a fine fellow no morals he has no morals i fear oh why sir why now born in florence a boy very rarely has don't be hard on florence mr quintus it's not near so fast i'm sure as san francisco i wonder ah america still keen as ever on visiting the states angelo with all the languor of the south yes oh yes reggie twinkling mysteriously before you go i must give you a letter of introduction to a multimillionaire who's rather a friend of mine in memphis tennessee tanti grazie niente the bell tinkles murmuring his gratitude angelo answers the garden gate after which he exits to house enter from roadway blanche scene three same blanche she looks hot and disheveled she bears a sack she is dressed as a nun she gives one the impression rather of an escaped peacock blanche dropping her sack they sent me to wait here with the vittles oh out at monte Saravizza, there isn't a thing what are they coming up to the via today yes nurse on hearing this intelligence briefly withdraws the whole cottage blanche seating herself mopping her brow we came into florence shopping or begging god knows which bit of both i expect my wretched nerves has baccio bertucci been baccio bertucci he promised what it can't be helped i suppose we must go without your abbess i'm told is quite scoring as a saint Tch, who said it the rock towers life at monte Saravizza is quite indescribable it must be wonderful it's nothing but backbiting from morning to night oh the violence of religious jealousy i know of nothing at all that can match it violence zena's becoming much too tyrannical reggie perching himself on a garden chair remember these most sublunar trails will one day pass i hope so i'm sure poor mrs negress Today, as we were coming into florence i arranged my side hair experimentally and she was furious what are you doing with those whiskers she said to me i won't have any whiskers here arousing our thoughts oh while her head was scrubbed but yesterday with henna she was shampooed you say with henna blanche stalking up and down swaying her skirts from side to side like a spanish dancer and only the day before she ordered herself a crystal cincture from paris reggie tossing his hat hello thoughts indeed 
nobody can do outrageous things so naturally as she can i admit she's clever she hushed up the affair of may winterbottom most successfully there's been a scandal a scandal the very night the first new novice arrived well zena smelt smoke heavy smoke all the corridors full of it coming from the sister's cell she went to her door and oh the horror what may winterbottom was smoking opium Poof. yes reggie rising carelessly if the princess should want to pin to reach of her chapel by the way i know where there's one to be found indeed in your cannon oh or i know of a topping tintoret thanks but i fancy she's on the scent of a sainte famille herself i give a good deal for a permit of inspection uh, there's no bathroom yet in the convent you just get caught in the rain disgusting blanche with a battered smile one of the few drawbacks reggie looking at his watch well i must go i have to meet lord orkish in the town exit reggie through garden gate re-enter at same moment nurse from house perhaps you'd prefer mum to rest inside i'm quite happy here you don't look so mum no the religious life it's not for everybody no nurse confidential she tried to coax me into it but i didn't feel the call my work was over in the world you see i had nothing to fight for to enid who enters i thought you were never coming scene four enter from roadway enid followed by nadine and princess nadine runs to baby's pram princess she holds a tortoiseshell cat like an unhappy society woman in her arms hovers a moment speaking to someone outside the gate they look very pale slim and isis-like in their grain-colored nuns toilettes enid coming down sorry to be late old girl old girl we've been getting ribbons for monte such a subtle old flowered velvet and yards and yards and yards of green georgette blanche aggrieved staring at her sack what for decoration Today, as a special treat, we're going back by auto. Hallelujah! Did you do all my little commissions? All except the candles. Tiresome. You look hot. My face must be a looking-glass. Not that. Had that dreadful sack weighed much more, I think I should have fainted. Princess, a little guilty, excusing herself, my dear i'm desolate you should have had to carry it at all about the streets but what could i do blanche containing herself reggie quintus has just gone really and i had wanted to see him he was telling me of a tintoret or something enid nodding he's rather a judge nadine leaning over pram sorrowfully to her son my poor pigeon I warn you to expect nothing very much from life. What makes her so oppressed? She's chagrined a little because I said her habit made her look hunched. Distorted, and so it does. 
and she was dreaming again of adrian once i get a decent cook she'll not have these nightmares blanche draws away a little joining nadine i am so glad i'm not haunted with eric princess angelic virtuous may white dreams attend you always dear amen amen princess catching marvellously her breath as if her spirit freed had shot from earth to heaven and from heaven back again to earth <sighs> blanche seems nervy to-day princess fluttered breathless yet yes unstrung she says she feels jumpy princess with sudden brusqueness can you wonder her nerves are what they are when she's sipping alternative coffee and tea from seven in the morning to twelve at night enter from house lady rocktower scene five same lady rocktower she looks slightly embarrassed her face is a trifle red she is wearing the family pearls she has a hole in her veil i saw you go by and guessed you'd be here enid retreats princess kissing her a la santa therese mm, mm, my dear lady rocktower lady rocktower clutching her pearls i've come only to know if dear by any chance you could take my daughter in princess stiffening take her in receive her as a novice for a time i fear she'd not be happy at monte seravizza i fear our austerities our rule everything glider's so difficult and so giddy and it's precisely for that princess ethereal exquisite i was once heedless too i would like to marry my daughter straight from your convent door marry her well un grand mariage princess reassured a little but could one manage her i'm sure you could and oh i should be so grateful from what you say i gather she's given her heart to someone lady rocktower making a clean breast of it poor child she thinks herself in love with a young italian lieutenant though i thank god on my knees dear zina she has scarcely caught a glimpse of his shadow you're certain of that positive i'll come over one morning and have a quiet chat with glider she and i quite cosy <laughs> although really i'm most awfully busy at present with my liqueur what liqueur i'm inventing a delightfully potent liqueur to be made by the nuns the holy father rippling was quite charmed with the few distilled drops i sent he pretends he pretends it will inspire him for life yes we mean to call it yellow ruin i had an audience my fifth only the other day my dear you're always trotting to rome i adore it in winter is there lots and lots going on 
the usual thing there's been a function at the quirinal which was dull and another at the embassy which was worse and a propos of recent diplomacy lady winifred wheeler has just presented sir walter wheeler with a black child such a commotion as there's been over it all princess horror-struck black well dear dark but oh so dark <laughs> and the de wilsons are just starting a nursery too poor little violet she made me such a wan sensitive smile in the street just now she seems to think she should be asked to paint herself for the uffizi <laughs> really i never saw such cheeks no nor i laughing going look in thursday at the villa if you're able sonino is singing sonino oh when sonino sings one visualizes everything one wishes she is to throw in her sob of love and sing three solos for a special charge it's hard indeed to refuse but we never go out at night this once oh and i nearly forgot i wanted to ask you for that choice receipt coxcombs and the hearts of artichokes lady rocktower smiling committing it to memory and the hearts of artichokes crush well a more delicious dish you must give it me when i come to you the days i visit glider princess leaning on lady rocktower's arm and accompanying her towards the gate i'm allowing the novices on feast days to receive their friends in a charming cognac chiffon you all look so interesting as it is princess very much pleased do we i almost envy you dear lady rocktower perhaps some day lady rocktower as she goes out who knows a husband's often a strain and mine's not a world-loving nature very scene six same minus lady rocktower nadine advancing during lady rocktower's visit she has withdrawn from view behind a tree and how has he kept nurse all the week well as could be thank you marm poor spirit oh he's a little rascal his little laugh does one good he's a remarkably hideous child like a remarkably hideous duck princess abyssish prioress prioress enid dancing mischievously about the pram whoever had such a wobbly chin or such a nervous uncertain nose he's like his father ugly ugly like papa where's daddy enter from garden gate adrian and eric they both are looking wonderfully recouped and rejuvenated as though their extensive holiday has done them good which has benefited from his freedom most which looks the handsomer is not easy to determine when he starts pummeling the air with his little pinky winky fists with his little dimpled doigets whatever can it be i know he wants something probably his father slow music a short intermezzo of a particularly cloying nature coming from the orchestra concludes the scene scene seven same adrian eric nadine 
the intermezzo ended, very calmly, through the hood of the pram. Oh, Adrian, so you have come back. As you see. Enid to Eric. You might have given us a sign. Drian's Benel. We were unwilling to alarm you. Enid with biting satire. Alarm us. Do you remember how scared you were in Egypt once? I can't say I do. There's no use to cut up rough. You're unwanted. Quite unwanted. Princess interposing. Your wives are dedicated. I beg your pardon? Enid to Nadine. Don't they jar? Eric catching her by the veil. Lord Loomy, what's this? Don't touch me. That's as I choose. Enid freeing herself. Oh, the horrid man, he hit me. He hit you? Sacrilege. Enid smacking Eric smartly with her rosary. Ah, oh, monster. Nurse panting. Well, I never. Angelo appears. Nadine crucified. Shh. Avoid a Sena before the servants. Hey. Oh, this is awful. Angelo announcing. The auto. Enid quietly threatening him with her scourge. Oh, Eric, don't exasperate me more. Nadine with the upturned glance of a martyr. I refuse to wrangle. Princess, inviolate, evoking cavalry. Come. Enid, doing a little picturesque skirmishing. Beast. The bitch bit me. Blanche, picking up her sack and making for the gate. My knees refuse to carry me. Yes, let's go. As you please. Nurse to Nadine. I wish to give warning. Very well. Princess to Nadine and Enid. Come, chicks. Mind the step, Zena. Princess turning defiantly at gate. The Vatican shall hear of this. Excellent Princess Nadine and Enid. Scene 8. Adrian, Eric. Adrian dropping into a chair. I thought perhaps we should find they'd remarried or something, but I'll be cursed if I thought they'd console themselves as they have. Eric at Pram. The boy must be yours. Adrian, blushing, confused. I suppose I'm his father. What on earth are you going to do with the little beggar? I shall look out for a school for him tomorrow. Uh, no. Really, Adrian? I shall set at once about his education. Eric bending over Pram. Isn't he just too fat for anything? The outside bell is heard to ring. What's that? Oh, my God, if they should have returned. Re-enter Angelo. He saunters languidly over to garden door. Voice of Lord Orkish, off. I must have missed Mr. Quintus, and I know he comes here most days to play with the child. Voice of Angelo, off. The master has come home. Lord Orkish, entering. What? 
Scene nine. Same, Lord Orkish. Adrian, surprised. Henry. Lord Orkish, considerably moved, proffering his hand. My dear, dear fellow. Henry? Under the peculiar circumstances, they very nearly all embrace. Lord Orkish, wonderstruck. And how amazingly fit you look. You seem to have grown much younger. Eric, smiling. We've had a top-hole time. Drian was seedy, though, at first. Nothing at all to speak of. I refuse to let him die. Adrian, nodding. Eric soon nursed me round. And your estimable wives. You've heard of them, of course. Yes, and seen them, too, what's more. They must have passed you. They went off in a taxi, a snug half-dozen. What? They've gone? They've left you? Apparently. It's all I can do to believe it. Lucky chaps. Delicious to be so dispossessed. Lord Orkish, leering a little. Well, they're not the first to come to Florence to turn themselves into prudes. As you very well know, dear Harry. I take it you'll live apart, as we do, Lady Orkish and I, by mutual consent. Yes, uh, mutual consent. No odious fuss. I hope not. I assure you, after the first day, I never missed Bella. Eric, stretching luxuriously his arms. Oh, to be free, to be single. Adrian, addressing rapturously the garden. Dear Lorne, my own beautiful trees. He's enchanted to be home. <sighs> well, there's no spot on earth to compare with Florence. The outside bell is heard to ring again. Angelo answers it as before. Enter a tiny boy in buttons. He has with him a faggot of huge church candles. Scene 10. Same. Angelo. Boy. Angelo, having ascertained the boy's business, to Adrian. He come from the church furnishers in Borgo Santi Apostoli. From where? From Bacio Bertucci's. Adrian, sharply, to boy. Be off with you. He say the signora ordered the candles. Tell him to hook it. Angelo, clapping his hands. A Monte Seravizza, laggiù. Eric, pointing, in desperation. Laggiù, laggiù. Via, via. Lord Orkish, patting the child's head. Run away. There's a good little sinner. Excellent boy, followed by Angelo. Scene 11. Lord Orkish, Eric, Adrian, Infant, then Angelo. The Eleusinian priestesses weren't in it. Have you formed yet any plans? I shall stop here. It will amuse me infinitely to see what they'll do. I shouldn't wonder much if they weren't back in Lewis hats and diamonds before tonight. Eric, terrified at the idea. Oh, don't. If Enid puts in an appearance again, I shall take the first express to Rome. You're safe enough, Eric. Enid has no ties. No ties? 
Adrian, with a touch of conceit, She isn't a mother. It must take an exceptionally good woman to forsake husband, son, friends, society, to follow the way of the cross. It's quite on the cards that Nadine was only bored. Besides, she hasn't deserted her friends at all. I believe, but for Princess Zuberov, she'd be here now. The princess seems to have fairly bewitched them. Lord Orkish, humming pensively to himself. <laughs> With a hey-ho-hey -ho -hey and an annie. You're right. I wish she'd rake in Bella. Perhaps she will. And the old white cat. What old white cat? The Countess Willie. The baby begins to fidget. Adrian, wheeling the pram about. Shh! shh. Maddening. I'd like to know what you'll do with him. Tomorrow he goes to school. Does he? By George. Well, I always believe in a boy getting used to the world as soon as possible. To be duly prepared. I know of an incomparable little lycée here in Florence. Ah, incomparable instructors, incomparable boys. Incomparable, incomparable. Everything incomparable. I dare say. Just the thing. Whereabouts is it, Harry? Via Canta, a vermilion gold brick palace in the very heart of the town. Adrian, bending over Pram with smiling raillery. We're probably very backward. We probably know nothing at all. The baby howls. Re-enter Angelo. E pronto il pranzo. You'll stay, pranz, Harry? Thanks. Adrian, menacingly to Baby. Stop it. And you shall play us each at pills after, what? I hope the nuns haven't injured the cloth. The bell rings violently. Eric, paralyzed. Oh, my God. If it should be... The garden gate opens slightly. A handful of leaflets falls inside. Confetti? It's only a circular. Oh, I thought it was Enid. I wouldn't worry. So long as the princess chooses, she'll not leave the sisterhood. I'll be bound. I sincerely hope you're right. Lord Orkish, chuckling to himself. And she'll guard her close, believe me. Eric, to Angelo, who has picked a leaflet up. What's it all about? Angelo, thrilling, with exultation, as though what he read was for him an article of faith. Oggi, cinema reale. Grande representazione. Sapfo. Gli amanti di Mitelene. Adrian, with a gesture of impatience. Oh, throw it away. Angelo, perusing still, his whole face alight. La bella courtesane. La pompadour. Una assassina d'amore. La vita di Londra. Adrian, with the pram moving towards the house, followed by Eric and Lord Orkish. By the by, I don't even know my child's name. He gives me the impression rather of a Hermione. Hermione? Nonsense, Eric. He has an air of Claude. 
or Gervaise, even. Gervaise. Adrian, to baby. Hello, Gervaise. His name's Charles. Charles. Charles Augustus Frederick Humphrey Percy Sidney. I intend calling my son Gervaise. Why not Jerry? No, Gervaise. Jerry. Excellent. Jerrying and Gervaisying one another to house. Angelo, still perusing the leaflet, dawdling, in tones of sheerest ecstasy and joy. La pompadour, la vita dolar. Looking like some statue of Verrocchio, he raises his arms yearningly, murmuring, Dolar, dolar, la vita dolar. As the curtain falls. End of Act Three. End of The Princess Zubaroff by Ronald Furbank.